0: Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with the scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley.
1: I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians um uh, paul 's first letter to the corinthians uh, chapter ten verses fourteen through seventeen i 'm going to be reading the new bible uh, new american Bible revised edition uh, translation but it's essentially the same as uh, the, what you have in the Pew Bibles on page one seventy two and um, <laughs> Uh, at the time uh, of Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the church in Corinth was experiencing some troubles and divisions, and just before these verses, Paul points out that uh, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Therefore, my beloved, avoided idolatry. I'm speaking as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I'm saying. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because the loaf of bread is one, we, though many, are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. And then uh, in his letter to Titus, Uh, chapter 3, verses 4 through 8. Titus is the bishop of Crete. And the Cretans were, um, at the time, (coughs) behaving in a way that was causing uh, uh, some discredit uh, to the church. And um, uh, Paul says that um, we all have behaved uh, wrongly at times in the past. But when the kindness and generous love of God, our Savior, appeared, not because of any righteous deeds we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life this saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these points that those who have believed in God be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are excellent and beneficial to others.
0: I heard a story a while ago about a little girl whose father was a Baptist pastor. We have a Baptist pastor in our congregation so Esther, this story is dedicated to you. <laughs> she loved the songs and she loved the church service and she'd often play church in her own playtime at home. And the service of baptism was particularly intriguing to her. She was taken with the dramatic action of baptism by immersion that she saw at church, um, sometimes even occurring in the nearby river. Some of the her pretend church services included the baptism of immersion, uh, by immersion of her dolls. But one day she decided she wanted living things to baptize. And, uh, and Marcy, this is dedicated to you as well, actually, to two pastors in this congregation. So she so she had these dolls and. Um, but she decided she wanted to go to something that had some, some breath, some, some, you know, some being. And so her new baptismal candidates were the, um, the three family cats. So there were two kittens and there was an old Tom cat and she started with the kittens and the kittens accepted it. You know, they were sort of docile. They came up out of the water blinking and mewing, but they, shook themselves off basically without protest and then she she moved on to the tomcat and he was a little different he resisted the water and he squirmed away before she could dunk him and she was not going to give up so she she chased him and she caught him again and she held him even more tightly as she tried to get him into the water but he fought harder and he clawed her such that her, that her arms were, were deeply scratched and started to bleed. And so frustrated and wincing, she said to him strongly, fine, be a Methodist. <laughs> So, of course, she's referring to our practice as Methodists, our typical practice to baptize through the sprinkling of water instead of through immersion. But the truth is that Methodists are free to baptize in any way that we like, um, as long as it involves water and the words and the community of the congregation. For United Methodists, like most Protestants, baptism and communion are the two acts that we recognize as sacraments. Sacraments are uh, both a sign and a means of God's grace, offering continual love and forgiveness and transformation in our lives. And today we have the pleasure of touching on both of our sacraments because when we receive new members into the church, we engage in a reaffirmation of faith that points toward the sacrament of baptism And of course, we're also receiving communion this morning. As United Methodists, we believe that sacraments are both an acknowledgement of something that is already there and something that we are invited to do. In the sacrament, we affirm our belief that God's grace is always there, always surrounding us, always pulling us towards goodness and graciousness and a means through which we can respond to that pull opening our hearts and minds and setting our intentions afresh to be renewed and transformed people our sacraments are a holy mystery by which we mean that God discloses that which is beyond our capacity to understand by human reason alone Sacraments are an essential and special part of our faith and practice. Jesus himself commanded us to baptize in the name of the triune God and to eat of the bread and drink of the cup in remembrance of him. While we believe persons need only be baptized once in their lives, John Wesley, the founding theologian of Methodism, said that we should partake of Holy Communion as often as we possibly can. Baptism is an initiation into the body of Christ, and communion is the regular and repeated nourishment for our journey. But have you ever wondered what makes something a sacrament and something else just going through the motions or playing like the girl in the story I just shared? Surely God's grace is surrounding us at all times, whether we are engaged in baptizing or taking communion. The Holy Spirit is present and acting in influence at all times. The little girl had the words of baptism right, but there's one critical piece that was lacking in her play baptism and this was the community in both presence and authority. Our sacraments are communal acts. Baptism must be performed in the presence of a congregation because your role is essential in saying that we will accompany this person through their life and through their faith and through their development and through through their formation through their highs and through their lows we will be together the body of christ and also essential is the authority conferred by the body of christ on the pastor the body takes responsibility For the person being baptized as a new member of the body of Christ, and the entire community holds the handrail of Christian faith and practice that stretches back 2,000 years and stretches forward in the hope of a world transformed in love and justice. The same is true of communion. The body and the tradition, as communicated in the word and the liturgy, are essential. Where it is not possible to receive communion within the congregation, there are special allowances, but the encouragement is that the same bread and the same cup that are consecrated within the service of Holy Communion in the congregation are taken that day to those not able to be present in body. So this week I had the pleasure of taking my son John and a friend of his to their first Real concert at Oracle Arena. We saw the Electric Light Orchestra, <laughs> ELO. Um, it, it, for for those of you not familiar with ELO, they're a super group from the 70s, and their lead singer I think was about 70, <laughs> and, um, and it was it was a, it was still an amazing concert and. Um, I was reflecting on this here's a large community that has formed and there was a a kind of transcendence with the the music and the light show and um, maybe even mystery and there was a body of people that was synced up in focus and in joy but was this the same as communion? Why was this not a sacrament? Well as delightful as it was it was a fleeting phenomenon We were a body for three hours only linked up in the space of that arena, but, but no stretching back into history, no stretching forward with hope. And once we left the arena, I noticed in the parking lot that community sense really did not hold (laughs) in our sacraments. The elements of tradition, the communal body of Christ, the empowered authority of millennia of practice, the living word, and our response combine to create something very mysterious and very magical. It is unlike what can be approximated in other places, and it is a free gift offered to us without price. We need only say yes. And so today, as we as a community reaffirm the promises made in our own baptisms or the baptisms in which we have pledged our care and accompaniment, and we partake of the bread for the journey, which is Holy Communion, I pray and I trust that we will leave this place transformed and renewed What is waiting for you outside of these doors at the back of the sanctuary likely will not have changed, but you will have changed. You will have changed. You have reoriented your intentions. You will have reoriented your gaze, your path. Just as the sanctuary has a door that we choose to open and go through when we come to worship, so too we are like doors on which God is always knocking. When we engage the sacraments as fully means of grace and say, yes, I desire a new life through the one who gives life, through the one who came so that we might live, and through the one who is breathing life into us even now, we open our own doors, grace enters our hearts and we are changed this my friends is good news amen, amen. amen. We are